Welcome to the Dale Sabor A Tu Salute podcast by Tadine. I am your host, Chef Carla Contreras. Join me as we steep in the world of Tadine with interviews from fellow creatives, foodies, and entrepreneurs from our comunidad. Melina, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Can you share with us who you are and how you serve your community? Carla, I have to start by saying that I love being here and I love that you guys gave me the opportunity and gave me my voice. So my name is Melina Vega and I'm a beauty, lifestyle, fashion influencer, but I also share a lot in between because I'm like an open book on all over my social medias. I love this and and I love, we'll get into you're an open book in a little bit, but I want to start with what's in your tasa. What was your last studying tea? My last studying tea was the Serene Dreams. Oh my God. It's so good. It sets the tone for like a kind of like a closing shift. And it's what I take almost every single like evening. I don't take it too, too late because I don't try to drink too much before bedtime, but I add a little bit of like oat milk and honey and it's just like the perfect evening drink to kind of just set the tone to just shut everything off. Like no more phone, no more nothing. Let's relax. It's my favorite. That's beautiful. Do you have a favorite that tea? Is that your favorite? It is, but right now I'm actually drinking the cinnamon apple one. Oh, it's so cozy. It's like our I first cold day here in Texas. And my, I was just craving it. Like my body was like, give me something warm. So I gave it some of this and it's like so happy. And I've been sipping on it right now. It's so good and sweet. Mm. It is such a beautiful tea. And you're right. There is a little bit of sweetness because there's a little bit of stevia leaf that's in this tea, which makes it naturally sweet. Oh my God. No wonder. It's like, it's like one of my, my favorite cozy ones. It's just like a big hug. A hundred percent. It's like putting on a warm sweater and it really, I feel like we did an episode with this pumpkin and a cinnamon apple because they're related and they're also related to the canalita formula. Oh my God. Like they're all so within good. that family. It's like all coziness, just cozy vibes yeah. over there. <laughs> I love it. hundred percent. hundred percent. I want to ask about tea and your family. And is there, you know, was tea part of growing up? Do you share this with your children and your family? 100%. 100%. So I was not the biggest, like the biggest tea drinker, but I definitely grew up with the chamomile tea, el té de manzanilla. It's like a home favorite. But when my daughter was younger and she would get a little gassy tummy, she was like a toddler, I would give her té de manzanilla, which is the chamomile tea with a dash of honey. And she loved it. And so to today, she's going to be 14 this year. She still needs her de de manzanilla. Like it's her comfort drink. And I love that she grew up having that and that she loves teas because I wish I did. I really wish I was like the biggest tea drinker. I just, I, I love sipping on them, but for like my, my favorite drink, it's something milkier, something a little bit more dense. She's like on a whole other page. She's like a whole tea drinker over there. And I love it. I have her stash. Her favorite right now is matcha, but she goes through phases, but I love it. It's so fun too, because there's so many different flavors and there's, like that has a tea for anything and everything. It's like the coolest thing ever. There's so many, and there's so many that really go well with milk. So I'm going to share with you after this podcast of the ones that I yes, love please. with milk. Cause 
definitely. I am also a milky beverage person. And so I make a ton of them into lattes. If people are interested in this, that are listening to the podcast and are watching this, there are so many recipes in the Tadine Teas Instagram feed. So head there. We're going to get into wellness because I'm so interested because Tadine is, is rooted in wellness, but I would love to know how you define wellness. I've learned with wellness, it's not about hitting the gym. It's not about your skincare routine. It's about your inner self, starting emotionally, and then going through your inner guts. Like literally, what are you eating? What are you drinking? Take care of your inner self. And that starts radiating on the outside. I do love the gym. Don't get me wrong. I have a whole routine that I just, I'm obsessed with every morning. I, I do it every single day. And I take that one, one hour-ish time just for me, for my body, because it deserves it. I think wellness is all about prioritizing you because you deserve it. Your feet work so hard for you. Like if you want to take that one hour wellness and instead of going to the gym, just kind of sitting with yourself and your thoughts, that's wellness. Like anything that feels nurturing to your mind, body, or soul is something that will be good all around, like no matter what. There, You cannot go wrong with that. And I think the faster you just start adapting that into your routine, you start noticing it, craving it. And then, for example, I was in Mexico for two weeks, completely lost that side of me. And the first thing that I just was craving when I came back was just un tecito verde, just a normal or even a detox tea. Para desempanchar, because I felt so bloated from being over there. I just ate. I ate my way through Mexico. Who doesn't? But definitely a detox tea and then going back and getting grounded into my wellness routine was like my top priority for 2024. So that's how you're coming back to yourself after the holidays. Yes. My detox tea, I'm getting my one hour a day, whether it's gym related or whatever it is, as long as it's for myself. And then definitely just staying hydrated. Like I was Vida. Water is life and it just shows. It shows when someone is dehydrated, your head hurts, you look a little dull and you're a little slower. So Anything and everything starts from within your emotions, your thoughts, and, and your inner gut that you're feeding your body. And then it starts being into your physical form. So work on all of them. Like there's like a, it's a whole thing. It's not a just, I hit the gym and I'm done for the day. No, like did you ask yourself a few questions? Are you okay? What's going on? So definitely just be grounded with yourself. And I think that is the root of wellness, just being grounded. So what I'm hearing from you, and I feel like it's more of like this holistic approach 100 wellness it's not just one thing no but you know what I don't want to make it seem like you have to do everything at once because it's overwhelming start with one thing that you love to do whether it's just meditating or if it's just the gym do that and then once you start opening up your mind to that kind of like lifestyle you start looking for more that falls under that category of wellness it's the coolest thing like you just you see it happening I started my wellness journey like two years ago with the gym And now I'm here and I'm talking about my gut. Like why? I didn't even know what a gut was. I'm like, wait, I just feed it and it should be good. No, you have to nurture it because it starts also affecting your physical form, your mentality. So it's, it's a whole system Just start one and you'll just, you'll slowly discover everything. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I want to get into what is your motivation behind sharing your content and I want to preface this and like underline and circle this because before we hopped on this podcast, we talked about really sharing the realness, like the behind the scenes, what's actually going on in your life and how that's a connection point to your community. Yeah. So I, I base it off being relatable. 
that is something that I wanted whenever I was a viewer because everyone I feel like starts as a viewer before they jump and become a content creator. I was craving someone that I can relate to. One of my favorite ones was Dulce Candy, and it made me so happy to see her with David. I'm like, oh my God, yes, uh, because she's on the whole wellness now, and it, I love it. I've loved every journey she's been. I know her story because she's shared it. And so she was definitely one of my top, if not my favorite person to just constantly keep up with because there was a way of her speaking, the way of her sharing that I could relate to her. And so one of the biggest compliments I started getting after becoming a content creator is that I remind some viewers of Dulce Candy and I'm like, it's the vibe, like it's a vibe that it's so hard to like kind of send over through the screen and for you to feel it, we need to be connected. So I love, that's like a big compliment to me. I love it when I get told that because it makes me feel like I'm doing the, what I wanted to do was, which was being relatable, staying relatable, and then sharing everything that I do because I love to share. As we mentioned in the like the start of the podcast, I'm a big open book. And so whatever it is I'm doing in my life, I find a way to share it so that we can knock off those taboo conversations because I feel like growing up, I was hushed a lot and definitely affected me as an adult. And so I know that there's a whole group of people who are on the same chapter of me as me with the hush hush taboo talks and so I like to share it and let's talk about it and people are like oh my god I can't believe you said that and I'm like you thought it though so it's like we're we're in it together like we're in this together so I don't know for me just 100% being relatable and then sharing my journey just as a woman as a mother and as a Latina of course so it's it's so fun and I love that people find it interesting enough to kind of follow along yeah. And you talk about the hard things too. It's not just the sunshine and rainbows of, you know, your highlight reel. This is really part of being relatable is is sharing your, your true self. Yeah. It's definitely something that I need to constantly remind myself not to, what not to overshare. I love to share a lot about me, but when it comes about you know, in regards to my kids, my husband, my relationship, I'll share just enough so that you know what my mindset is about any of those topics. But I can definitely be an oversharer. And so it's like stepping back, let's take one step back and let's regroup. Okay, so start again. And then let's, let's see where we, we where we can share enough where you can relate but without me making you feel like you have kind of like in a way, my burden. Because I feel like when you share a really bad thing, people can feel your pain. It's a baggage. And so or when you show your happy thing, it's the happy part of being, oh my God, I'm happy for her. But there's also bad things. Like, what do I share when it comes to the bad things? I shared a lot about my journey in the beginning of my social media content creating life. I shared about our struggles with COVID. Luckily, COVID for us was not, it didn't affect us in a sense of health, but it did affect us financially. My husband was unemployed for the very first time of our marriage. He was unemployed for three years and it hit, it hit us hard. And I share that and the amount of people who could just talk about that. And they were like, oh my God, like it just, it doesn't feel good to know that you're going through that, but I don't feel alone to hear you talk, tell me your story. And so I feel like I was able to relate to a whole nother level with a whole different type of viewer, the struggles of just what comes with it when you are financially struggling. The separation that sometimes we have to do. My husband had to work outside of town, outside of the state, and that we had never been apart. And so the financial struggles pushed us to that. And it was so difficult. I shared it and and people could just relate. 
and have compassion. And they could also take care of me. They were constantly checking up on me because I was sharing my mental state, which was my depression. And the constant support, the love, it's been amazing. It's been so, so real. And I I just can't picture my journey without it because that was part of my journey. This is something that I will never forget. And the, the fact that I can say that I had a whole group of people supporting me that don't physically know me, it's so crazy. Like you can't, you have to live it. You can't really t- like tell it, honestly. It's true. It's true. And you found a community that you can share your story with and also find comfort and support through them. And it's a reciprocal relationship. Yes, 100%. You know, I give them, you know, their funny silly video, a recipe for that day, or my latest thrift find at Goodwill. Like I'll share all those really good moments with you. But I feel like when I share those bad ones, people come in and just swoop me up and they're like, let's take care of you. We're here for you. You were here for us. And then it goes, it's a mutual thing. It's mutual. And I love it. It's like, I feel so like I have a backbone and it's my community and they keep me up and my chin up and the high, even with the struggles of the day-to-day kind of stuff. It's something that is so unique and it's so beautiful and I can't picture myself without it right now. I love that. I love that you have that system. There is an aspect of your content of what you create that where you talk about expectations and you also give permission for people to do their own things. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So I'm definitely like a judge free zone. Tell me your story. I'm not going to judge. And I feel like we are in my mind. I'm nobody to judge. I have my own things. And I also know that I could be wrong about because it's based off of opinions. Opinions are not facts. And so, for example, with my mom, she had an issue with me oversharing on social media. Not a big issue, but she was like, hey, don't be oversharing. And I'm like, I'm done being hushed. Like, let me talk. I just, if I feel like I want to, give me the permission to do so. And so that comes back to what you mentioned, like having that permission, you just do it. You really don't ask. You just do it. Let them do whoever you're viewing, let them do what they want to do. Cause there's a calling within us that asks us to do certain things as a human being. And for me was sharing my struggle, for example, my financial struggle. And so it's something that someone else could have kept hush hush and nothing happened here. But for me, I find it beneficial for the viewer to be able to see that they're not alone if they're going through it. And you don't know who you're going to impact with your story. And so instead of asking for permission, just do it. I I promise you, you'll find someone who's going to listen. And so judge-free zone here. And I'm definitely someone who likes to hear a lot of stories. Like I love storytelling. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, I can tell. (laughs) I can tell that you love you love the stories. Are there topics, because you mentioned that you share certain topics, you don't overshare. Are there certain topics that have become hot buttons with your family or hot buttons with your community that you don't share? Yeah. Well, I did start sharing this, but I didn't want it to, to kind of like overshadow what I was already doing. But I grew up kind of being teased a lot for the skin color the skin color that I have, I was the darker one in my family. And oh boy, did they love for me to know that. And so I remember making a video talking about skin color and how being a morena was something that I was so like, not ashamed, but just embarrassed about because people made me feel that way. And so now as an adult, I feel so empowered by my skin. And I believe it's beautiful. And it's me, you know, I'm, I'm okay with your opinion, keep it to yourself. But 
if you see someone thriving, let them thrive. And so I share that. And the amount of people that were able to relate to that was was shocking and a little sad because I'm like, wait, you went through this too? This is actually really freaking sad right now. I was hoping I'd be one of the only ones and I was hoping this video would kind of just hit a few people, but not the amount of people that it did. I got so many messages saying, thank you so much for speaking up about skin color. Like, can, can you believe it's 2024 now and we're talking about skin color? Like, that is so crazy. So it definitely like talking about my skin color, my family was like, it wasn't that serious. No, it was serious to me. It was serious to me. And it's something that I should have definitely learned to speak up about way sooner. But I know I can I can do it now. And I will. And so just so you know, you're a bully. And it's okay. It's, there's no bad blood here. But I'm letting you know now, like you made me feel kind of bad for having a darker skin color. And it's okay now. But I don't forget it. I won't and I won't forget it. And I will speak up about it. Has this influenced your parenting style, like how you parent and also what you share with your children? Yeah, 100. I have a mirror right here and I'm looking at it. When I look in the mirror, I don't speak negatively about anything on my body in front of my kids because they see me as kind of like the the ultimate. I'm their mother. I'm their everything. And so when they see their everything speaking down on themselves, they're going to do that too in a certain way, or it just, it's kind of poisonous. Negative talk is very poisonous. And so I don't want to teach them to do that or influence them to do that. I like, I don't bring up skin colors ever. Cause that is nothing what it like, that is nothing that should be a topic about. But when it comes to my kids and having such a big family, like I do, and then cutting off that generational teasing, if you will, cause to them it was teasing, right? I had to shelter my children. And I'm like, you aren't, we're not name calling here. We're not teasing at all. And we're definitely not putting those cute little cutesy, shameful little names. So there was a few that I was called when I was little, Prieta, which means basically like the dark one. There were so many, but just, I'm going to keep it to that one. I didn't allow my kids to have any sort of nickname that was, that was about their body type or their personality. It is what it is. They're children. If you want to give them a nickname, my my daughter's name is Isabella. We can call her Bella, and that's going to be her nickname. But we're not choosing and picking and, and kind of basically pulling them apart and overanalyzing them because that's when they start kind of self-reflecting and looking in the mirror and be like, I am, you know, kind of dark or I am kind of chubby. We're not talking about that. So I, for me, it was a bigger issue closing off my family, making sure I set the ground and I stopped it with me because we were not continuing this with our next generations. And, you know, I speak about my kids now, but it goes the same for my cousins or for my little nieces or my nephews. Like, no, we're not speaking about nobody's nothing. Let's just go by their name. And then that's it. It's nobody else's business. That's beautiful. And is this in your feed as well, that there is this theme of, you know, not commenting on body or not commenting on, on teasing or things like that. I, I feel like I see this in feeds sometimes and I feel like it's really empowering that you have this message. So for me, when it comes to being being open from the heart, I let my heart speak. I cannot sit here and say, tomorrow I'm going to post a body positive video. And I can't sit here and like kind of create one. It just doesn't work like that for me. So I wish I could tell you I have so many different videos that speak about positive image or anything, right? I can't. There's only a few, but those few that I do have came from my heart 
and I let it spoke. And so, like I mentioned, I can't sit there and just kind of talk about it. It's it's hard because I have to open up my heart, and it's it's a it's kind of like a whole journey, if you will. Like it, you come back, like you have it's like a high, and then you go low. So when it hits me, it hits me, and then I like I make sure I pull up my notes and I write down what I'm feeling. But it's something that I don't feel often. And I think it comes back to my childhood where I had to shut off my emotions a lot. And I was very quiet. I was not allowed to really give my opinion. And so I was very hush-hush. And it's hard for me to open up now as an adult. But when I do, it's, it comes from my heart. And it's from the purest side of my, my emotions that you can think of. I'm going to ask you, what is empowering about sharing and connecting with your community? One of the, like, in my opinion, the most empowering things is being able to have someone that can relate to you so that they don't feel alone. I don't like feeling alone. And I feel alone growing up. I, like I mentioned, I was teased for being darker and they would remind me about that. And I felt like I didn't have anyone to be like, okay, well, she's so beautiful and she's so grown and she has it all made up now. She's a famous person or whatever. I didn't have that. I didn't have a Barbie that I could look up to. Like I didn't have that. They were all lighter skin. And so if I can be that one little thing to someone else, I'm just letting it be. And this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm wanting it for you to relate. I want you to aspire to be either like me or better or some version of this, but know that there is space for us and we're all welcomed here. We can all have a piece of the cake. Amazing. And before we hopped on this podcast, we talked about gratitude and I'd love to end the podcast with this because you are so incredible, so inspiring, so resilient. Can you tell us a little bit about gratitude and how that impacts what you create, how you live your life? Yes. For me, having the gratitude mentality started when I started struggling. This was during COVID times, first it was with the anxiety of COVID, and then it was with the financial aspect of that and how long it lasted for my family, which was about three years. I had to make the best out of everything. And there were days that I just couldn't picture myself waking up because what was there to wake up for? More problems. And when I started feeling that and you give it more of like, ammunition, it builds up. It builds up and you wake up one day and you have this overwhelming feeling of depression and you're like, how did I get here? How can I get back to who I used to be? I'll look back at old pictures and I'll just look at my smile and my eyes and I'm like, there's a glow to my eyes of just just happiness. Like, where did it go? And so it was my mission to bring that back. And what I started doing was practicing gratitude in the simplest things. If there was a sunny day, God, this is the best thing that happened. Like in my day right now, as things are going, at least there was a sunny day, you know, at least if all I could say was at least I have 10 fingers, two hands and two legs today. Like that is what I'm rooting for for today because everything else went south. And I read the book, The Four Agreements, which honestly, I swear by this book, if you will find yourself struggling, highly recommend it. This book brought me back brought me back that little glow. I've recommended it to all of my family members who went through the COVID, you know, anxiety, depression, what have you, because we all lived it through different lenses. That book brought me back and it made me understand things that I are so obvious, but in a very detailed way. 
And I'm a very detailed person and I love details. And so when I started overanalyzing the book, I'm like, this is exactly what I needed. And so once you start practicing gratitude, the most beautiful thing about it is you start kind of knocking away people that don't have that same mentality because they, they're trying to, they don't try to do you down, but whenever someone is saying, oh, this restaurant smells it's weird. I'm like, well, you know, the food is good, you know, change that negative aspect to a positive one. And when I kept yeah. doing that, it was exhausting. And so I'm like, you're gone, you're gone. And guess what? Now I have no friends. <laughs> no, but all jokes aside, it's definitely something that either impacts a person positively, you know, the person next to you, or they just saw like, she's annoying. She's always so happy. So they go away, which is even easier. But the best part of it is whenever you impact someone else to be grateful and have that gratitude. It's so beautiful. And if I can put that on my social media, like plaster it everywhere, I definitely would. But mostly what you will see for me is just positivity and smiles and sunshine because life is so short. And I, I don't like the darkness. I don't like the darkness and how dark it can get. And any sunny day is a good day to me. Oh my gosh. I just loved my time with Aww. you. Thank you so much for coming Thank on this podcast. You. How can we find you? How can we support you? Yeah, so I'm definitely more active on Instagram and TikTok. TikTok is kind of my raw posting a little bit more, but I stay active on stories on Instagram. If you want to really get to know me, that's where you go to, my Instagram stories. It's Melina Vega all across. And I hope you find me and I hope you stick around because we're all just positivity. Buenas vibras will be here. Thank you, Melina. Thank you, Carla. It was so nice talking to you. You too. Gracias. Thank you so much for steeping in the world of Tadeen. I am your host, Chef Carla Contreras. You can find Tadeen at Tadeen Tees on Instagram and more information in the show notes. If you're on iTunes or Spotify, please leave us a review. Adios. 